Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We begin reading in chapter 3, verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. These are the words of our text. In Christ Jesus, whose glory not only is seen in the transfiguration, but is shining to us through the pages of Holy Scripture and then reflected in our lives, dear fellow Christians. There are many advantages to living in the Midwest. However, by this time in midwinter, do you ever dream about somewhere else? Cold, dreary days can cause our, our mood and energy level to take a nosedive. Instead of jumping out of bed in the morning, perhaps we feel more like hibernating. A few days ago, I was reminded of that one was going through our mail, and in the stack of mail was a, a beautiful, glossy brochure. And the picture showed sunlight streaming through floor-to-ceiling windows on a luxurious cruise ship. The text talked about exotic ports, the Caribbean, Mexico, Mediterranean, not a snowflake in sight. At times you long to go someplace warm. So imagine, someone handed you a plane ticket a day to fly to Miami to board a cruise ship. Would you take it? Who wouldn't? Again, picture yourself boarding the plane here, leaving your winter coat behind, landing in Miami a few hours later, and disembarking into brilliant, bright sunshine, and just stand there for a moment and soak up the, the warmth. It would be wonderful. That's what the transfiguration is all about. Not soaking up literal physical sunshine, but something better. Enjoying the glory, soaking up the sunshine of, of Jesus' love. Moses saw that glory of God in the mountain. We see it in an even greater way in this New Testament period. 
And Moses was on Mount Sinai, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson. He was with God, and when he came down, his face shone. It was radiant with the divine glory beaming from it. He brought down the two tablets of the law. And with that law, God established his covenant with Israel. Aaron and the other Israelites were afraid to go near Moses to begin with because that's the reaction of sinful human beings to God's holiness. God's law is holy and good. It's like that intense, bright beam that is going to penetrate every corner of your heart and see everything you've said, did, even thought. Before this, God had established a covenant with Israel. He told them, If you hear my words and obey my laws, then out of all the nations on earth, you will be my treasured possession. The people answered, All that the Lord has said, we will do. But they didn't. Even before Moses came down the mountain, they were dancing around the golden calf, praising it as the God who had led them out of Egypt. They broke the covenant. They deserved to have God turn away from them, punish them with eternal damnation. But God never intended that that law would be his final word. He had something greater planned, something even more glorious than the law. He had promised, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Isaiah says, rise, shine, for your light has come. So just as the, the brilliance, the brightness of the moon and stars fades with the sunrise, so too the glory of that Old Testament law would fade somewhat in the light of Christ the Savior. If you have that choice of either staying in, in the dark, think of the plane again, if you're, would you choose to stay in the plane when the sunlight and warmth is beckoning you just outside? No one would. But that's exactly what the people of Israel were doing at the time of Paul. The Jews had heard about Christ. Jesus had fulfilled his ministry. And yet they, they didn't see Jesus as a Savior. As Paul says, there was a thick veil, a blanket of unbelief covering their hearts. So instead of seeing Jesus as the fulfillment of the law, they wanted nothing to do with him. Instead, they were focused on keeping the commandments themselves. They believed that by living holy lives, they could gain credit with God. It sounds familiar because the same thing is happening today. Even among people who call themselves Christians, there are many who have that blanket of unbelief covering their hearts so they don't see Jesus as the savior from sin, but rather just as a model, an example. So that if, if I try my best to be good like Jesus was, kind, loving, forgiving, well then, that's all that God expects. That's not living in the light. That's living in the darkness. That's the same old, same old, because no matter how hard you and I might try to be holy, to measure up to that holy standard of God's law, we can't do that. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. It's not as though he canceled it out, said it doesn't matter. 
but he came to fulfill it. We still need to hear about the law. There are some who want nothing to do with it because it makes them feel bad, awakens guilt in their heart. But we need that law to be a mirror to show us our sin. We're just as guilty as the Israelites and every other human being. We let greed, envy, anger come between us and others. We're tripped up by all kinds of sins as we journey through life. Ingratitude, distrust, doubt regarding God's promises. It's all there. And we deserve nothing but God's anger and punishment. It's the same old, same old. But look at the mountain. Look at Jesus. Glory beaming from his face. And Paul says, when we see Jesus by faith, then that veil, which was covering our hearts, like a dark cloud over us, torn away. And we see the brilliant sunshine of Jesus as our Savior. We feel the warmth of forgiveness. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The brilliant good news of the gospel is that Jesus came not just to set an example, but to be our substitute. He came to fulfill all the obligations of the law. That's why he humbled himself. He could have shown himself in all of his glory all the time. But instead, he put aside the full use of that glory in order to take our place. He obeyed where we disobeyed. He resisted every temptation where we so often fall into temptation. And he took upon himself the guilt. He suffered the penalty for all of our sins. And that's what we'll be focusing on during this Lenten season, which begins Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. The transfiguration was an encouragement for the Lord Jesus. He heard the Father say, this is my beloved Son. It was an encouragement for the disciples to remember this as they saw Jesus suffering and dying, something they had just never had imagined to begin with. So we don't need glossy brochures. We don't need to travel thousands of miles to define warmth and comfort. We can just go to the Mount of Transfiguration. And there we find the, the light, which is better than the sunniest day. Because there we can come to the Lord, and you know how warm sunshine not only lifts your spirits, but that, that warmth just kind of penetrates into stiff muscles and joints and just kind of relaxes you. The Lord does that for us in a spiritual sense because we can come to him with all the knotted up muscles and stress which our guilt brings upon us and which we see in the world around us for which we have no answer. And the Lord says, come to me. You who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. In the light of Jesus, you can relax Leave all your sins at the foot of his cross and enjoy the sunshine. 
of his glory. And that's going to show. If someone has been away in a warm place for a couple of weeks, you can see it. Their face is tanned usually, and at least for a while, though, they're a little more relaxed, energetic. Well, Paul says that's what happens when people are with Jesus. He says, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That word in the original Greek for transformed is the same word which is used for transfiguration. So see the connection? Jesus was transfigured. He let his glory be seen by the disciples. And Paul says, by faith, the Lord is transfiguring us so that we are transfigured into Jesus' glory more and more day by day. For the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, godly lives. The Holy Spirit, through the message of Christ crucified for us, works that transforming within us so that we live more and more like Jesus. Not to be saved, but as a result of being saved already. Our sins are forgiven. Salvation is complete. And out of joy and thankfulness, the Holy Spirit works that attitude in us which wants to live for Jesus. Have you seen that transforming power in your life? You think back. Are you less judgmental now, more patient toward others because of the Lord working in your heart? More forgiving toward others because of how you focused on Jesus' forgiveness for you? More appreciative toward God's word? More attentive to it? More eager to, to study it? Well, thank God for working that change in you. Are you more, more willing to be different than people around you? To stand out from the unbelieving world as a follower of Christ? Well, thank God when he works it, strengthen you through the power of the Spirit. I pray that it continues. Paul talks about how in a believer that transforming power continues on from glory to glory or just increasing glory. So as lo longer we believe in the Lord Jesus, as long as we longer we stay close to him by faith, the more that spirit is going to work the transformation within us. However, you could live to be 100, and it still wouldn't be complete because we still have the old Adam. And so we'll continue to, to struggle with that. The spirit will continue to work that his power within us. But don't get discouraged if or when you sin, when you fall short of, of that glory. Don't let it sway you or make you question your salvation because salvation is complete. It's done. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The sanctification, that living for Christ, well, that's always an ongoing project of the Holy Spirit within us. And we can come to the Lord when we sin, confessing that sin, and asking for an even greater measure of the Spirit and thankfulness to live for Him. We don't need glossy brochures, exotic vacations to enjoy the sunshine, the shining glory of Jesus, our Savior. 
as we enter this Lenten season, let's keep that glory in mind as we see Jesus in his deepest humility, knowing that he is the same Lord and Savior who humbled himself, who conquered death, and who calls us into his glory one day in that bliss of heaven. Enjoy the sunshine. Amen. Jesus on the mountain peak stands alone in glory blazing. Let us, if we dare to speak, join the saints and angels praising. Hallelujah. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.